This is Enjoy Cherokee Voices, a podcast recorded live to deliver in-depth conversations with dynamic people from all corners of Cherokee County. Listeners like you sink into this weekly podcast to learn more about the people that make Cherokee County extraordinary. And now it's time to get to know another neighbor. Here's your host, Jody Drinkard. Hello, hello. Welcome to the studio. I am here today with Chris and Dan Phillips. How are you? Great. Thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Doing really good here too. Chris and Dan are here today to talk with us about Alzheimer's and how it has affected their family and what they're doing to help the research and to help people in the future, hopefully, uh, not have Alzheimer's anymore. Well, Chris, where are you from? Originally, I'm from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know it by my accent, but... <laughs> yeah, well, you must have moved down here at a young age. I did. I was like 17 yes. when I moved down here. And did you move to Cherokee County? I did not. Moved to Albany, Georgia. Okay. And now oh, that's that's Southern Georgia. That's there? very South Georgia. Yes. yes. Dan, where were you born and raised? So I was born up in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, my mom and dad got divorced. We got a couple of New England people here, uh, uh, and you end up here in in God's country. We, um, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a godsend our story. So we, I was born up in New Hampshire. My mom and dad got divorced when I was little, and uh, mom couldn't really decide where she wanted to end up. So we moved to Marietta for just a little while. Uh, left there, moved out to California, spent a couple years out there. Uh, moved down to Florida where my Grammy was. Um, we actually lived with them for a couple of years. And then my mom got remarried and moved to Albany. And so I was in the eighth grade when that happened. So all these moves happened before eighth grade. And the year I graduated, mom gets divorced and she moves up to Memphis. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm done moving. I, I'm grown now. I'm going to stay here in Albany. Well, Chris and I went to school together. She moved down from New Jersey her senior year in high school and, you know, right away she had her boyfriend and, you know, I never crossed that line, but I had this, you know, attraction to Chris. So long story short. You didn't know that, Chris? She, I didn't. We, no. We were friends. I didn't know. She never. And to this day we talk about it. But anyway, so oh, next year we went to, it's a college now, but it was a junior college back then. And we had a couple classes together. And What school was that? Uh, it was Albany Junior College. It's okay. called Darton College now. And uh, that was just one year there, and I ended up started working full time, and we went our separate ways. And through good old Facebook, um, Facebook, we we many we, years later, many 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 years later, we met and uh, or not met, but uh, became friends, reconnected. I guess is a good word, and told almost identical stories as far as the years we got married, the years we got divorced, and you know she had a couple of kids, I didn't, but ironically she was living here in Woodstock. And I was living down in Albany. And so we did the long distance relationship for a while. And I talked her into moving down to Albany. And so we were down there about about nine years, I think, that uh, we lived in Albany together. And then I had this opportunity with the Alzheimer's Association to, to work out of the North Georgia office. And so I moved up here, but we still had a house to sell. She still had to finish a year out at school. So we did the long distance thing again, but this time I'm in Woodstock and she's down in Albany. It's so now good you story. live in Woodstock? So now we live in Woodstock, yeah. And Excellent. absolutely love Welcome it. home. I'm, yeah. It's God's country. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to describe it. It's God's country. My boys country. are here too, so it's, it's awesome. Great. Dan, how did you get involved with the Alzheimer's Association? 
I actually uh, volunteered for the Alzheimer's Association. It was over 15 years ago. I was working for Merkin Company, uh, and I went down and saw my grandmother who has Alzheimer's disease, and blew my mind what the caregiver was going through, what my aunt was going through to take care of her. She um, gave up her full-time job. She was a nurse, but you know it was her attitude. That's my mama, and I love her, and I want to take care of her. But I saw what it was doing to her just in that short visit I was there. So I came back to, got my buddies, I play a lot of golf, and got my buddies together to do a golf tournament. And we raised about $6,000. I took it to the Alzheimer's Association, and they told me about the walk to end Alzheimer's. And I thought, yeah, I said, Mark has teams for some of these other, you know, walk events, Relay for Life, for example. I said, they'll do something for Alzheimer's. And uh, we did, and, you know, raised a few hundred dollars more. But that's when I really started feeling how much I loved doing that kind of thing, meeting so many good people who were willing to share their story. Um, Well, make a long story short, Merck closed down the job I was working at, and the Alzheimer's Association called me and said, hey, we're looking for a development director. And I had a nice little severance package from Merck. The pay was nothing like what you would you know, expect in the corporate world. Uh, I said, so I can do anything for a year. And uh, July the 7th, that was 14 years ago. 14 and years ago. That's when you joined? That's when I, when I got hired, yes, 14 years ago. And, you know, raising money's hard, but it's something I'm very passionate about. And, you know, little did I know that years later that it would affect our family again um, with my mother-in-law. Um, but just... Again, I can't describe the feeling of getting up every day. I don't feel like I'm going to work. Um, I get to meet so many good people, people that volunteer their time and and give their money. Um, And I know they have their own problems, their own, you know, trying to navigate this world, for example. But yet they still find time to help. And that's that's a pretty good feeling to have. Mm -hmm. Dan, let's go back. You said the first time that you really were faced with Alzheimer's and kind of looked it in the faces when your grandmother had it and your aunt was the caregiver. Can you tell me about the first time you went to visit your grandmother and what was it? What did you find when you, when you visited her? What was it like? I think the, I think the first thing I noticed was how tired my aunt was. Mm-hmm. Um, again, she had, had quit her job, which we thought, Hey, that's pretty impressive that you want to do that. But her attitude was, that's my mama. You know, I love her more than anybody and I'm going to take care of her better than anybody. Was she living with your, with her mother she, then? She had her moved in with her. Yeah. My, my grandmother moved in with my aunt and, you know, 24 seven care. What I noticed down there the very first time to answer your question was how tired my aunt was, how physically exhausting this was to do things for her mama that that she had to get done for for her mom to survive. Mm-hmm. And what was it that her mother was going through? What things was she doing? What was her life like at that time? Uh, when I first went down there, Grammy was, she would still communicate. She could still at times know who we were. But as time went on is when it I was when I noticed how, you know, she could be mean to my aunt. She mm. could accuse her of doing things that she wasn't doing. But my aunt let that just go in one ear and out the other because she understood that wasn't my Grammy talking. That was Alzheimer's disease. And uh, she made a lot of mistakes over the years. And I feel like it's almost a godsend that I was started working for the Alzheimer's Association because right away I was able to help things that I was learning on my job about not arguing with somebody, not trying to make her remember something. You know, I, at times I did hear her say, well, mom, you remember that. 
you remember that we just mm-hmm. did that you remember that and they don't mm-hmm. and um but for my aunt to take the time to learn and to do her research and to, you know, again, a godsend that I was with the Alzheimer's Association, but to be able to give her these tips to. Um, so when somebody when somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia of any type, I assume, is saying, I don't remember that it makes the caregiver or the person they're speaking with very frustrated. But the response should be to that person. What? I, it just we, we just, tell them just get into that world. That's if she tells you the sky's red, she's not trying to make you mad. You just got to tell her it's the prettiest red you ever seen. Another thing we talk about a lot is redirecting people. You know, we hate to use the word, you know, you need to lie to your mom and tell her a little lie. We've all been taught not to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chris will share some things too with her, with her mom, but sometimes you have to. And a good example of that was her dog passed away. Grammy's dog. Grammy's dog passed away, a little poodle that she had for over 14 years. Mm. And the next day or a few days later, she asked my aunt where the dog was. And my aunt said, well, mama, you know that dog passed away. You remember that funeral we had in the backyard and we got that nice headstone. And she saw the tears come out of Grammy's eyes and realized, "I, I can't keep doing this. And oh my so, gosh, she had to relive that dog's death over, over and over. For a couple of times, and then I, I actually talked to my aunt at this time, and I said, you know, you need to redirect. And she was phenomenal. She That came up again. Hey, where's Bobo at, the little dog? And my aunt said, well, Mama said, he's out there in the backyard. So the weather's so pretty, and, and that sun's... And as a matter of fact, we haven't watered your flowers yet. We need to go water flowers. Oh. And they took Grammy off, watered flowers, and she didn't talk about the dog again the rest of the day. So it's things like that, that um, little tips at the Alzheimer's Association that we can share with people that... Um, caregiving's hard. I mean, I don't know how else to yeah. describe it. It's one of the hardest things to do. And and uh, I bet some of those those twisted situations that happen, I mean, I would kind of refer to that as a twisted situation, but I bet those start off being much less apparent. Exactly. So for instance, oh no, you're going to turn, I have to turn left here to get to my house. And you're like, uh, no mother, you have to turn right to get to your house. And it becomes a quarrel. You know the right answer. And you just have to turn right and talk about the tires on your car or whatever. Exactly. Just, we call it redirect. Just yeah. try to get them onto some, something else. And it's easier than, than you think it is. You know, it's not. Uh, it's a different way of thinking. But the saddest part is, I think, is once people start learning that, they also know, too, that this isn't going to get any better. Mm. Um you might have a good day or you might have, you know, a couple of good hours and you, and you get your hopes up like, Hey, maybe this medicine is working or, you know, maybe it's not as bad as we thought it was, or she's not as advanced as, as we thought she was. But like I tell people, just enjoy those two hours because um, it's not, not getting better. Yeah. We got to just enjoy those moments of clarity. And we'll be right back with more from Chris and Dan Phillips after this word from our sponsor. If you're a John Denver fan, don't miss this show. Ted Vigil is a singer, songwriter, and an international John Denver tribute artist. He'll be performing two shows, Saturday, September 11th at 3 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. at the Fellaini Performing Arts Center on the campus of Reinhardt University. For tickets to John Denver tribute starring Ted Vigil, visit www.reinhardt.edu slash Fellaini. That's Saturday, September 11th at 3 p.m. and at 7.30 p.m. Follow Enjoy Cherokee on Facebook for a rare opportunity to win tickets to the show. Chris, I'm sure you understand the need to hold on to those moments of clarity because your mother is living with Alzheimer's right now. Is that right? She does. 
tell me about the first time you were made aware or you noticed that there was an issue with your mother and her memory. I think I was in denial a lot because mama was just a scatterbrained kind of person anyway. And we would just say, that's just mama. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just mama. That's her behavior. But one specific incident happened that was extremely enlightening. Mama often went to church on Sunday evenings. She's Catholic, and she would go to Mass, and she would often wait till Sunday evenings. And she owned her own home, and she had her own car, and she drove the same path all the time. And so she drove herself to church, and on the way back, missed a turn. Now, in New Jersey, when you drive, in order to make a left, you have to make a right. They have Jug handles is what they call Jug them. handles. That's what they're called. We have seven listeners, and I'm sure all seven of them hate roundabouts. Yes. But I think now they should just be glad we don't have jug handles. They're called jug handles. That's right. <laughs> so it's almost like you have to pass where you're fixing to turn and turn around and go the other way. But anyway, okay. I guess the weather, I don't know if the weather was, you know, just kind of maybe dusky, I'm assuming, because mm-hmm. she went to like five o'clock mass. And she missed her jug handle, evidently. Mama got twisted. Mm-hmm. Well, she got lost, and she wound up in this industrial like area parking lot and was scared. Um, her phone was about to die, and she noticed a light in a building. So this is a Sunday evening. So she gets out of her car, and the only way to get to this light was to literally crawl on her hands and knees through landscape and knock on this window oh my goodness so she does and thank god this gentleman that was there was a lawyer who who came in that evening probably just for some quiet time to get things straight for his for his monday and mama knocks on the window and he comes out and he gets her and he gets her phone, and she is com- just just really frazzled. And, oh, and that tell. poor woman. And so he got her cell phone and went through it, and he got a hold of my brother. And, of course, my brother is able. He lives in New Jersey, and they get there, of course, and thank the man and take care of Mama. The man was so sweet. I mean, got her water the whole bit. That must have been frightening for your brother. I mean, he must have been like, what's going on? It was frightening, and we'd been seeing signs kind of thing, and it's one of those, oh, gosh, Mm. we got to take the keys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, got to take the keys, yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we tried to talk to Mama about it. She's like, I just got confused. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And and we want to believe it's fine, too. It's your Mama. Right. You know, she's she's older. She's wiser. We're not going to take that from her. But we had to. And one thing that was in our favor, Mama was having some eye problems, some cataract things. And we we're able to fib for a while, like, Mama, you can't drive um, those cataracts. Because you, of the cataracts. You can't yeah. do that. And we were just trying to buy time. And that was that little lie that I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier. You've got to do that. And, and that me, was great that they were able to. And But let that. me tell you what, I mean, my mother is an amazing woman. And my daddy always worked so, so much that mama pretty much, you know, had to raise us and discipline us. And she was a strong disciplinarian. And my brother and I, whenever mama would, you know, snap or, or get, <laughs> like, you know, like you knew mama was mad, we would be like abort mission, like, you know, move, <laughs> you know, because that would be mama and 
And so mama got real upset because my brother kind of had to like take her keys. Oh, I'm so sorry, mama. I didn't mean to. And in the meantime, we're all verklempt about the fact that we're lying to our mother. Yeah. Everything we've been taught not to do, mm-hmm. you know. A blessing in disguise is mama actually got sick. I mean, we didn't want her to get sick, of course not, but she actually got pneumonia and she had to go to the hospital. And in that week's time of being in the hospital, she declined a great bit. And Isn't we were, that something? We were just so concerned about like, is she going to, how is she going to be alone? And we had already kind of called in some care people to come in, which mother was like furious about mm. anyway. Well, while she was in the hospital, my brother said to her, look, Mama, I looked at this really cool place. Would you be even willing to look at it? She says, sure. My brother brought her right out of the hospital and went to this place. It's called Brandywine, and it's a really amazing place. And he says, Mama, just look at it. And it was assisted living and very elite. Mama looks at it, and he says, Mama, what do you think? And she says, I like it. I want it. and I'm going to have it. And my brother was like, okay, let's sign the papers. You know, That's if, amazing. If it's you know, really that, amazing. It's really nice. If you know this woman, um, she is absolutely amazing. I'm not just saying that because she's the mother-in-law, but um, ran marathons all her life. Chris's dad, her husband died pretty early, died in early 60s. She invested. She, you know, they didn't have a lot of money, but yet she invested it and she made sure that she had a long-term care policy because she said, and I'm just not a direct quote, but something to the effect of, I don't want my kids to have to take care of me. And then, and I don't want to steal all your thunder, but going into the way that they take care of her, every family needs a son and a daughter like Tommy and Chris. To me, just shows how well their mom raised them. And, um, you know, it's showing now in the in the later part of life to where how they're taking care of her and making sure that she has everything that she needs. So she's um, in New Jersey and you're here. How often do you get to go and see her? Um, I go home three, four times a year, every time I have a break. So one blessing of me being in Cherokee County, I'm a teacher. Well, we have these breaks quite often every mm-hmm. six weeks so it gives me an opportunity to go home and see mom and in the summertime i spend a good bit of good. a good bit yeah. of time with her you know, and even in the early part too when you know they we first started noticing things they reach right out to me and says what do you think what are you hearing and a lot of times that's not going to happen. You know, that's like, that's my mama over there and they're going to handle it the way they think it's best, but they, they point blank ask. And I think everybody wanted her to stay in her home and be able to be independent and do what she wanted to do. But you know, she was a marathon runner. She gets out, she walks and it doesn't take but one time to get lost. And it happened in the car. And that's what I kept stressing was we've got to keep her safe. You know, I'm not saying it's the assisted living at this time, but we've got to make sure she's safe. How can she not get out of that house? How long ago was this that she got lost and and ended up eventually in? So I believe now it is going on the just just going on the third year that she's been in. So she started off in assisted living and is now in a a separate memory unit, which is a sister. They had to move her. But the facility that she's in had a sister unit. Mm -hmm. So it was in the agreement that if she ever gets to where she cannot function for herself in assisted living, then she is moved. And they had to call us and say one thing that happened. So in the assisted living, you're free to come and go. Mm -hmm. You're free to open the door. You're free to do whatever. Well, 
Mama wound up in the middle of the street, um, I believe in her nightgown, and somebody very kindly stopped. But she kept saying, I'm, I'm going to my son's house. I'm going to my son's house. And was this in the evening, sundowners? It was a sundowning thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sundowning is something. I mean, you can read about it, you can hear about it, but when you experience it, mm-hmm. it is something else. My yeah. mother turns into to just a different human being. In the morning, she's fresh. And honestly, my mother is like sunshine. Mm-hmm. She sings and she's sweet. And I mean, to everybody, she's that way. But somewhere four or five o'clock, especially wintertime. And, and how old is she? 81. 81 years old now. So what is the age? Is there an age that this is kind of becomes a little bit more common? Well, age is the biggest risk factor, mm-hmm. you know, but with technology being better, we're being able to diagnose, diagnose it younger. We are seeing a start, a lot of younger cases. And I think you'll, I think almost everybody that you talk to looking back on it, we say three years ago for Chris's mom, but we were seeing things five, six, seven years ago. And that's what's so important today is, you know, years ago, it used to be, well, years ago, we never talked about it. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to talk about Alzheimer's. It was associated with, you know, either not intelligent or crazy or, you know, which is just not the case. Um, so we started talking about it a little more, but still people are in denial. If you think about it, it's a pretty easy disease to hide. You're driving home from work today and you go past your house and you don't realize that you're not going to go home and tell everybody, oh, you're not going to believe what I did. It, you can kind of hide it. Right. And I think it, denial, Chris used the word denial a while ago. That's my mama. I don't, she, you know, there's no way that she has Alzheimer's disease. You know, she's, and like Chris said, and this is true, her mom was always scatterbrained. Her mom was always had the junk room that had the, everything was confused. And, and so that's what they wanted to believe. But, you know, there was other things happening that's, that's just not normal aging. And that's what we tell everybody too. So now, there is help out there. There's, there's a drug that was just approved and not saying that it's for everybody, but a lot of times it could be, you know, mom suffering from some type of dementia, mild cognitive impairment. Maybe it's mixed medicines. Maybe it's not dementia or Alzheimer's at all. Let's get them to the doctor. But the argument's always been, well, why? They tell me I've got, well, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, again, that's not the case anymore. And it goes back to, to her mom's story. So her mom was on a clinical study. And she wanted to tell Chris about it and she didn't want her to hear it from somebody else. And she told Chris and make sure I get this right. But it was like, I know this is not going to help me. She goes, but I don't want you or Tommy to get it. I don't want nobody else to have to get this disease. And so even when she knows she was diagnosed, even when she knows there wasn't a cure for it in her mind, she's still wanting to help somebody else. So she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and she was offered the opportunity to be involved with some medication study. Do you know what that was all about? The study was stopped before it finished. It wasn't getting the results that they wanted to. But we do know that she wasn't taking the placebo, that she was taking the actual medicine. I mean, she went for, you know, like there were intravenous infusions that, that she would be there all day. And that's why you're here. You're raising money to fund these studies. Hang on to that thought. We'll be right back with more from Chris and Dan Phillips right after this. 
Are you or someone you know struggling with high school? Mountain Education Charter High School is a second chance opportunity for those students who have dropped out, fallen behind and need credit recovery, or simply want to graduate faster on an advanced pathway. Max operates Mondays through Thursdays from 4 to 9 p.m. with year-round open enrollment in a student-centered, self-paced, flexible working environment. Visit their website at www.mymec.org to find a location near you or call 706-219-4664. And we're back with Chris and Dan Phillips. Dan, you've been with the Alzheimer's organization for 14 years now. Have you been working on the WALK fundraiser the entire time? So all, all 14 years, um, I started out down in South Georgia. I was responsible for three walks down there. I, I did one in Albany, uh, one down in Valdosta, Georgia, and then we started one in Tifton, Georgia, um, one, about the second year I was here. And, you know, the walk is, for those that don't know about it, it's our largest event. It's the largest event to raise awareness and money for Alzheimer's care support and research. And that's does it where happen, the money Does goes. the walk happen on the same day everywhere? No, it's, um, we have them all different. So I'm responsible for three of them this year. I do one up in Dalton, Georgia. Uh, That one's on September the 25th. Uh, I do one over in Rome, Georgia on October the 9th. And then the new one here in Cherokee County that we're starting on October the 24th will be the date of that one. Okay. So the one in Cherokee County, last year you did a virtual is that oh, yeah. right? How did that work out? Uh, it's phenomenal. I mean, this this committee that I have, and I'm looking over at Katie now. She's she's on that committee as well too. Uh, these people have been amazing, and um, so we had before I got up here, they had put this group core group together, and they started planning the walk. And of course, COVID hit in March and midstream, we had to, re- we called it reimagine walk. And instead that's of, a great t- term, yeah, instead of everybody meeting together, we still needed people to raise money. We still needed them to, to sign up, to register, wear their purple, all the awareness that we get from the walk to end Alzheimer's. Well, we just can't come together. So how are we going to do this? And the way I described it last year was just walk in your own germ pool. You know, whoever <laughs> whoever that you're comfortable with, whether it's family, whether it's neighbors, uh, but take lots of pictures. And so what we did is um, still had the website going. We did a lot of things virtually as far as the opening ceremony, uh, the pep rally before the walk, all that was virtual. And then uh, people went out and walked that morning. They watched the opening ceremony, whether it's at the assisted living, whether it was in your neighborhood, it just different places for different people. And um, then they went out and walked and took pictures of it. And they sent it. But we got so many good pictures of people walking in neighborhoods. That's where we walked out last year. So how long is the walk? How far is it? uh, It's about not quite three miles. It's about 2.7 miles. It's a very casual walk. Um, There is a little shorter route for people that can't go that far, but they do want to feel like they Mm -hmm. finished something. Uh, to me, it's a, a lot of it's about the opening ceremony. We use four different colored flowers. Um, Tell me about them. So the, if you do it right, you get chill bumps watching it because, yeah, we're all out there for the same reason. We're all trying to end Alzheimer's disease, but everybody's got a different story to tell. So we have these four different colored flowers. We have a blue flower. And when I say flower, it's a little pinwheel that, that blows in the wind. Mm-hmm. And the blue flower represents somebody who has Alzheimer's disease. And so right away when you're at the walk and you spot, you know, three or four of these five, you know, very few have the blue flower, but you're like, wow, wow, that guy has Alzheimer's disease and it looks like he's functioning fine. It's, you know, he looks young. He looks, you know, but you see those scattered out there. Some of them you'll see in the wheelchair. They're pushing grandma and grandpa in the wheelchair and um, advanced stages. But some of them are like, wow. 
And then the yellow flower represents somebody who has taken care of somebody with Alzheimer's. Caregivers. Huh? The caregivers. And what's neat about that color, I think, is you'll see two strangers walk up and, you know, they've registered on different teams and um, they'll check in and then they go down, they get their flower and, and they both will get a yellow flower. And then 30 min- minutes later, you'll see them talking to each other. It's like, oh my God, we're watching two friends be made right in front of your Isn't eyes. Isn't that something? And what it is, if you go by there, they're telling their stories. And it's probably the, oh, car keys. Yeah, let me tell you what we had to do to my dad to get rid of the car keys. Or, you know, and there, it's like a little support group going on. And it's like, so oh, that's nice. really cool. Uh, the purple flower, uh, that's the color that I carry, uh, represents uh, you've lost somebody to Alzheimer's disease. Somebody's passed. Um, Grammy. Grammy. And you'll see so many of them out there. That's a pretty mm-hmm. popular color. Um, and then we have the orange flower. The orange flower is you haven't been touched personally, but you're a business person or, you know, you watch the news and you see firsthand how or you see how prevalent Alzheimer's disease is and, and the, the sorrow, the just the the nastiness of this disease and what it does. And so you want to you want to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two th- or three years ago now, we introduced a white flower. And the white flower is Alzheimer's first survivor. You know, who's going to be that first person that gets diagnosed with Alzheimer's, but hey, we got a drug that's going to cure it. And so it's it's pretty powerful. A couple of years we've done um, little small kids, you know, and they're all dressed in white and they'll carry that white white flower. And it's like really, really powerful. Um, but then my, my line of thought, you know, last year, of course, we couldn't do it with COVID, but that person doesn't have to be a kid. That person can be a 50 year old. That could be, it's probably going to be that first survivor or, you know, somebody that's, you know, could happen pretty quick. If we get enough people walking. Exactly. And and enough wallets opening up and hearts opening up, we'll be able to. And enough people telling their story. I, you know, I'm so proud of Chris and her family for being able to share this kind of stuff because some people don't, some people don't want to, you know, my dad was a prominent businessman and, you know, this town, town doesn't need to know that he doesn't know who his kids are. And, they, and that's, I get that. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. But if they know how much that inspires other people, how much that helps other people. Oh, my God, here's Chrissy, who's like uh, the best third grade te- teacher ever. And she's dealing with Alzheimer's in her family. That's inspiring. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I want to do something to help. And, you know, a lot of times I'll spit out statistics all day long, you know, about, you know, every, you know, 60 seconds, right? It's, it's down now diagnosed with Alzheimer's or, you know, all these stats. And it's like, but until you can put a face to it, that's when people listen. Yeah. And so that's, that's what it. we need. And, you know, the story with my Grammy, when I talk about her, some of the things they do is funny. I mean, there's no other <laughs> way to describe it. It's just funny. <laughs> and you have to laugh at it. And, and we, we share that a lot. And so I did that with my Grammy, the story. All I right. Tell, tell us a funny story. It's just pretty cool. I think so. Grammy, this was kind of the, we thought the later stages. I mean, she lived a few more years after this, but was sitting in her wheelchair. We're all sitting around the table. We had gone down to visit my aunt and some cousins were there. And uh, this was at the time the internet was really getting, you know, rocking and rolling. Everybody was talking about emailing and downloading things. And we were doing the same thing. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, my Grammy hits her hand on the table and she goes, if you're not going to talk to me, she says, I'm going to bed. <laughs> dot com. Dot com. And we looked at her like, how does that happen? How does a brain who doesn't even know that she's sitting in with her daughters somehow comprehended dot com that we were talking about? And, I'm uh, going to bed dot com. Dot com. And we were just like... 
right away want to say, oh my God, she's getting better. She's understanding this conversation that we don't even know what we're talking oh, about at the man, time. And, um, so, and then Chris has got a great story too, oh. um, with, uh, two, two brothers or brother and a sister that, uh, so, yeah, so kinda, tell this story. This is kind of new, but earlier Dan was saying that there's, there's no arguing, you know, like when your, your, your mama says something and you're like, that's not true. So like she started saying, um, your other, your brothers. And I said, well, mama, I only have one brother. No, you don't. Okay. Well, mama, who's my other brother? His name is Tom. Well, mama, my brother's name is Tom. Yes, I know. You have two. I said, well, what's my other brother's name? Tom. I have two (laughs) brothers named Tom? You do. I'm like, and you just don't. You just go, okay. And so then she says, Chrissy, I, I need to talk to you. So I have some other children. Okay. Okay, Mom. At this point, you just go with it. Really? Yes. Their names are... Melvin, 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 and Pudgy. Pudgy. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, those are not great names, Mama, but okay. Tell me, they're in the basement. Okay. Why are they in the basement, Mama? Well, they are, but we're going to get them out of the basement. And I just need you to know that you have you have another, you have a brother named Melvin and a sister named Pudgy. And then she went, and I'm like, okay. Wow. So she, but she, so, oh, but the story goes, we hear this and we're just like, yeah, yeah, we tried to change the subject. I have an aunt. My mother's one of six and my mother's one of the younger ones, but her older sister, who is 85, 86 years old, completely together. My brother calls her and he's talking to her and he's like, Aunt Maureen, you're not going to believe what mama said. She said that we have this brother and this sister and they're living in the basement and their names are Melvin and Pudgy. And she stops him and she goes, they were real. I said, what? My brother said, yeah. So there was a story. My grandfather was a painter and he brought in all kinds of sort of misfit people and gave them jobs. And there was this man whose wife left that left him and had two kids and their names were Melvin and Pudgy. Isn't that, that crazy how is the brain unbelievable. works? And it affected mama because she could never understand how, how could this mother have left these two children and those two children evidently must have been in a basement or something and they came to live with my my grandma and grandpa and my my mama and my mother remembers her mother taking care of these two children kidding so this is in her mind right now that melvin and pudgy are real and they're in a basement but to make this the best story ever though so fast forward to just here recently her nephew and his wife they have like a little mini farm and they just got two new goats, and their names were Melvin and Pudgy. <laughs> <laughs> Those names were too good. That is fantastic. Like, you know, another yeah. thing about Mama, when we were cleaning out Mama's house, Mama had moved into assisted living, and just this transition that was smoother than anything that we mm-hmm. could have imagined. But my brother and I and Dan and my sister-in-law, we were all cleaning out the house. My mother always was a note taker. Her lists had lists. Well, we found notebooks upon notebooks upon notebooks. 
Now, some of the notebooks in the beginning might have had notes in it from 1960-something, but like in the middle of it, it might have been 1990-something because she wouldn't throw them away. She would just find an empty page. Through those notebooks, you could see that Mama was worried. Really? Mama would, like, she, she would write prayers or she would say, oh, God, please help me. And then you'd see this list of presidents mm. where Mama was repetitiously trying to remember presidents in order, things that would be list worthy. And you mm-hmm. could tell states, the states or the capitals or whatever, and she would be making these lists. And you could see throughout these journals that this was disturbing Mama. Mm-hmm. She knew something was wrong, but she'd try. And then as we were cleaning out, we found all kinds of literature on Alzheimer's. Really? Memory loss. She did the investigation. She could feel it coming up. And I think, she too, did. that that's why at 76, still living at home, still, you know, even though she felt these things a long time ago, because she was in such good you know, good health because she started using that brain, did her research. I think that kept her in her house a lot longer than what the normal person would have been without needing, you know, more care than what she had. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. she'd look at it. But again, it, to me, the brain is so complex and so, you know, it's made to last a long, long, long time, longer than our bodies. And to, for what this disease does to it, it's cruel. It's the cruelest thing that I have ever you know, I thought your parents were the toughest one. One of the, the calls I got, I had a lady that came to our support group and her husband was about 15 years older than she was and he had Alzheimer's disease. And she'd come to support groups and she was helping others and just thought she had it all together until one day she came in and she was just beside herself crying, just couldn't get it together. But it was the first day that he didn't recognize her. Oh. And then that's when it hit me. It's like, okay, it's bad when your mama don't do it. But when your spouse, somebody that you're intimate with, somebody that knows every bit about you, and then they don't remember you all of a sudden, that's pretty cruel. That's harsh. And you've got to wait until it gets to almost like a shell of a body. You've already lost them, but then you got to wait until they pass away, and then you got to bury them and, and lose them again. So it's, 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 yeah. you know, it's difficult. It's, like you said, it's cruel. It's cruel to the person it's happening to and cruel to the family. And you know, and the things. other thing, too, that it really surprises me that because I feel like I stand on this rooftop and I scream to the top of my lungs. We're the Alzheimer's Association, ALZ.org. We're here to help. And how many people will call that number and say, you know, I didn't even know you guys existed. Mm. You know, I, but Alzheimer's is something unless you deal with it, a lot of times it's in one ear and out the other because you don't want to understand it. You don't want any part of it. One of the second or third years that I was here, we did a big, had a big booth at the fair down in Albany and you could literally see people. We had, there was rows and rows of tables and, you know, different, whether they were nonprofits or, or, or whatever, there was just rows of, of booths and they would see Alzheimer's and you could literally see them walking to the other side of the aisle. They didn't even want to walk by that booth. You know, I remember when I first started, I would have to explain the, you know, the Alzheimer's and dementia or have you have you heard about it? Where now people are telling me their story first before I even mention it. That is so important. I just I cannot stress how much that's important. If you got a story to tell, share it. So the perception is changing. It is changing. There's no doubt. I think there's I think you're seeing a lot more money thrown at it. You know, the uh, the government, you're seeing a lot more money for Alzheimer's research. And, but we need to continue to do that. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's what we do at the walk. That's why we have our our signature fundraising event. It's, it's a grassroots fundraising event. It raises a lot of money. 
uh, but it also raises a lot of awareness, you know, to have you guys let us share our story here to, to talk about the walk, to, you know, see little Susie's cheerleading camp who is doing a purple out because somebody's grandmother has Alzheimer's disease, to see the motorcycle clubs get together and do a bike ride because one of the members' fathers has Alzheimer's disease. It takes everybody, and I get to meet those people every day. And I keep going back to that because I, mean, I don't know how I can stress it enough that to tell people we need you. Don't feel like you have to give $10,000. Don't feel like you're not helping if your team doesn't raise $5,000. Just you sharing your story. And you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it here in Cherokee County. We've had several people. The sandwich generation. We have a guy who has taken care of a five-year-old daughter and uh, just put his mom in assisted living. But for the last four years, so when that little girl was one to five, he was also taking care of his mom with Alzheimer's disease. Five years ago, he would never talk about that. But now he's sharing that story and the media is wanting to pick pick that up. And yeah, that it's so important. So tell me where the walk is going to start and end. So we're going to be here at the Etowah River Park. Nine o'clock in the morning on October 24th, we're going to start the opening ceremony. It's about five to seven minutes is all it is. We'll go through those colored flowers. But when they get there that morning, we're going to be there ready to go by eight o'clock. We'll have everything all set up. Uh, you can come, you can check in. That's where you'll pick up your flower. If you've got any money to drop off, we'll have money boxes there for you to drop the money in. Then they'll go on the ceremonial walk. They come back. We're going to thank all of our sponsors. We'll take thank the top fundraisers. So they just walk um, around the park? Kind of, they just walk just around the park? Right or? around the park. Park. Yeah. Okay. It's, no kind, it's no contest. It's not a speed walk. It's not a you mm-hmm. know 5K. It's just a chance to reflect, you know, the hard work's being done now. I could go through, I could talk two hours on all the fundraisers that are going on out there and what people are doing, which is cool. That's the hard work being done the day of the walk. We want it to be just a, you know, a powerful ceremony, a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, accumulation of all the hard work and everybody. What's there the goal together. to get just from that walk? What would be the goal to have? So our goal, walk away with? our goal is $57,000 for the Cherokee County $57, walk. $57,000. $57,000. That's a hefty goal. And um, it's a hefty goal, but Cherokee County, I, I've never seen anything like it. I look at the website way too much. I can tell you that. No, oh. I should not. Be, is it already is it already um, growing or it's uh we're at about 77 percent of our goal right now We've already already and we still got two months to go how many um, teams are signed uh, up 49 teams get have, out of town registered 180 when last i looked 180 participants um which is pretty impressive um you look at around some of the other again this being a new a new walk but you look at some of the other towns about the same size um, I think the next one, as far as percentage to their goal in the state of Georgia, is around 50%, 52%. And we're pushing 80. So um, just doing Cherokee's phenomenal always jobs. better. It's, um, people okay. tell me that. People keep telling me that, and I'm believing it. <laughs> so if you want to walk, go to georgiawalk.org, find Canton. You, you nailed it. You guys, georgiawalk.org, you choose Canton, and they'll give you the option to start a team, to register as an individual, or to join a team that's already there. You'll put your information in there. Everybody will get a username and a password so they can customize their own webpage. They can put a picture of their loved one on there, tell their story as to why they're walking. Um, and then they can connect that page to Facebook 
I mean, it's amazing. I can tell you a, a great story of a guy that, that signed up at 10 o'clock at night. His wife signed up at 10 o'clock at night, set up that Facebook fundraiser. I don't know who stays up and donates in the middle of the night, but she raised $900 by the next morning. You're kidding. Um, that went on to about 1700 that afternoon. The husband signs up. Uh, he passed her within 24 hours. They're the number 17 in the state of Georgia. And it was all done in 72 hours. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and he's got a couple of big things planned as well, too. Big uh, big fundraiser at a Mexican restaurant coming up um, where he's going to provide all the food and just get people to come, you know, donate to his team. Yeah, it, was his mom's, it was his mom's favorite restaurant, and a lot of people know her there. But it's people like that. Well, you that, can get like creative that. in this and have a really um, good time, huh? When you look at the word fundraising... The first three letters are fun. There it is. That's you got to have a good time doing. It's not easy. Well, is there anything that we have missed? Is there something that you wanted to tell your the audience out here? Actually, I do. There's um, and again, I feel like I scream it to the top of my lungs. But the Alzheimer's Association, we have a 24/7 helpline number that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you call this number, and you're gonna get a trained counselor. A lot of times it's a crisis that's going on. It could be two o'clock in the morning, you know, whatever that might be, call that number. Is this for the family, for the caregivers, for the patients? For the caregivers, it could be for a next door neighbor that has a question about, you know, I saw my neighbor doing this. It's for the general public to call this number and it could be a question of what's the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's that you want to know, or it could be. Uh, my dad got lost again for the third time. How do I get these car keys away from him? But it's 800-272-3900. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they will um, answer that call. And then... One more time. It's 800-272-3900. That's wonderful. Uh, the That's other thing, and I'm glad you mentioned it first... I don't think we mentioned it enough, but our website, alz.org, so much valuable information on there. Yeah, again, all the literature, all the, you know, everything from the basics of Alzheimer's to end of life decisions that you're going to need to make and anything in between. That information's on that website. So we got four really good technology things here. First, we have the Alzheimer's hotline at 800-272-3900. We have alzheimers.org and we have georgiawalk.org and we have imgoingtobed.com. I love it. I love it. Right? I love it. That's Grammy's Grammy website. That's, <laughs> That's what I need to do, actually, is change the name of my website to, or my picture. I'm to, going to bed.com. I'm going to bed.com. So. I love it. Okay, thank you so much for educating me and our seven listeners about Alzheimer's, and I look forward to a successful celebration at The Walk on October the 23rd at 9 a.m. But don't go anywhere now. We're about to have some fun with a few quickie questions, quickie questions, and fun facts with Katie. And we're back with Dan and Chris. Are you ready? We're going to do a little quickie questions here. Dan, do you prefer candy or popcorn? Candy. What one? I call it gas station candy. Oh. A lot of stuff people don't eat. The, uh, I love this time of year, Halloween. I love the candy corn, the, the circus peanuts, the stuff that people don't eat. I love it. Chris, who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, John Travolta. Mm-hmm. Dan, what's the last movie that you saw? Uh, All-American. Actually, I don't know if that was a movie. That's more of a... A series. A series. The last movie. 
Oh, you got me on that one. I haven't been to the movies in years. Um, I watched Shawshank Redemption. Or I did watch that one on TV. That's one of my favorite movies, Shawshank Redemption. All right. What's your favorite scene in that? Um, I think right there at the end when he busts through and gets out there into that nice blue-green ocean. And the camera just pans out. It oh, my gosh. Out. It's yeah. worth it, the whole movie, mm-hmm. just to see that last scene. Chris, what's your favorite genre of music? Gospel. Dan, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Syrup or powdered sugar? Syrup and a little bit of peanut butter. Ooh, I'm with you. That is something special. That's a, Our, that's a New England thing, I think. Oh, is it? I think so. My grandpa mm. used to do it. Chris, what country would you like to travel to? Um, I have never been to Ireland, but I've lived in several countries. So you'd like to go to Ireland? I'm surprised you didn't say Denmark. We were the host. Oh, family. I should say that. I should say I should say Denmark, and I should say Norway. But I would really like to go to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> we're going with Ireland. Dan, what's your favorite Southern dish? Macaroni and cheese. Ooh. Chris, who takes longer to get ready? You or Dan? Me. Dan, do you prefer hiking or swimming? Oh, good question. Love them both. Uh, now that I've moved to North Georgia, we're more into the hiking, into the uh, the waterfalls. Mm-hmm. Chris, what is your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. And together, you have to make a decision. What's your favorite restaurant in Cherokee County. Well, due to the pandemic, we eat at home, so I want to call it Dan's Garage. But um, <laughs> last night, last night, we that's ate uh, old country. Old, old country. Yep. Where is that? Old time country. It's called old country, isn't okay. it? Okay, it's in the Kroger Plaza in Cherokee County, right off East. What about Kroger? East Cherokee. East Cherokee Kroger. What did you have there last night? Oh, that's good. oh my God! We had the burnt ends brisket. Get burnt ends, and oh, we got a goodness. macaroni and cheese, <laughs> banana um, pudding, and then we had to top it off with banana pudding. And we shared this too. We got one meal and then split it. Uh, because they do give you big portions over there. Oh my goodness! We do like taco tacos and beer. Uh, Tuesday night have taco night, and uh, we actually ate there last night. Um, At tacos and beer. It's called tacos and beer. Um, Is it Holly Springs? Holly Springs. All right. Holly See, Springs, we don't yeah. know our way around. Um, well, see, for somebody that doesn't eat out much, you share at a lot of restaurants we're talking about already. Just no, I'm just getting hungry. Yeah, it's just been the last... <laughs> it has um, literally just been recently. Two years ago, I bought a Blackstone griddle. Um, it has the air fryers in there as well, too. Everything from chicken fried rice to steak sandwiches to, of course, breakfast. I, it's hard to go out when that. It smells like a Waffle House when I in my garage when I just where the thing set up and uh, what's so it we called? do. It's called a Blackstone. It's a griddle. It's like a a big grill, but it's a flat griddle. Flat, flat. And griddle. And then what do you you have charcoal in there or what? No, it's, yeah. it's propane, and um, so I can cook like pancakes, bacon, eggs all at the same time. It's big I'll enough to, to have all that ready. And uh, steak sandwiches, I think, is one of my one of my favorites. Um, I was always the cook, and then when we moved here, he got this, and and then I was teaching, and he worked from home, so all of a sudden, I'm coming home every night to these, like, amazing dinners, and so he's kind of become the cook. I found a, uh, a Facebook group called What You Got Cooking. What and you got cooking? Everybody. There was a spell about six months ago where everybody was getting these Blackstones. I guess longer than that, a year ago. Everybody was getting these Blackstones. I'm like, i got to try this. Breakfast is the easy. You don't mess up the kitchen. You know, everything's done out there, and it just you just push all the grease into the, the back and wipe it down, and you're ready to go for the next time. And uh, But everything from, you know, scallops. We did scallops one night on the, uh, the Blackstone. Nice. 
Is it a, a cast iron? Cast iron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Thank you very much for being here today. And uh, now get out there and enjoy Cherokee. Even though it's raining cats and dogs. It is. Get out there and enjoy Cherokee. Oh, we will. Yeah. Thank you so much for Thank having you. us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Enjoy Cherokee Voices and Enjoy Cherokee Magazine are produced by EMI, a nationally recognized award-winning multimedia content producer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For additional information about this and all of our podcasts, visit enjoycherokee.com. If you enjoyed this show, click subscribe and take some time to rate and review the podcast now. It really does help us succeed in the booming world of podcasts. And now, stay tuned for Fun Facts with Katie. And we're back with Fun Facts with Katie. How are you, Katie? I'm good. How are you? Good. I have a bit of a complex. These people were watching you the whole time. (laughs) No. Yes, Yes. Dan and Chris, they were very very much interested in you because you were, uh, you're part of their team. Yes. I love to be involved with the Alzheimer's Association and the walk. So I'm really excited about this episode. How long have you been involved with the walk? I've been involved since 2017 when I went to college and I joined my sorority, um, Sigma Kappa. And they, that's one of their main philanthropies. And um, Sigma Kappa as an organization is a diamond level national sponsor. So very cool. Yeah, you have a lot of history with this organization. So tell me this. What color are your sorority colors? They are purple and maroon. Aha! Uh-huh. So purple. Tell us why the purple is so important to the Alzheimer's Association. So purple is the signature color because according to the Alzheimer's Association, purple combines the calm stability of blue and the passionate energy of red, which makes the statement that we are strong and unrelenting in the fight against Alzheimer's disease. That's really cool. And that kind of fits your colors for your sorority. It does. So that's exciting too. Yeah. All right. Well, did you get some other fun facts for us? I did. There are so, so many facts about Alzheimer's disease. There's a lot of research and a lot of science. Um, so we just wanted to, f- had a few points that wanted to touch on, but obviously there's a lot that can go into it. So if anyone out there wants even more information or wants to do some research or just some learning about it, everything that I am about to present is from the Alzheimer's Association website, which is alz.org. And you can go there for any of the information. Several times throughout the show, we talked about the 10 symptoms or the 10 signs of Alzheimer's. Yes. And I'm wondering if we could just breeze over those real quick because we didn't mention them all in a group anyway. Absolutely. Okay. So you want to start? There's 10 of them. We'll each do five. Yes. The first one is memory loss that disrupts daily life. The second one is challenges in planning or solving problems. Third is difficulty completing familiar tasks. Four is confusion with time or place. Five is trouble understanding visual images and spatial relationships. Number six is new problems with words in speaking or writing. Seven is misplacing things and losing the ability to retrace your steps. Eight is decreased or poor judgment. Nine is withdrawal from work or social activities. And ten is changes in mood and personality. So those are the 10 symptoms or 10 signs. Yes. 10 signs of Alzheimer's. So, okay. Yeah. What else do you have, Katie? So a little bit about the Alzheimer's Association. They have a very long history. They were founded in 1980. um, And since that time, they've made incredible strides toward improving life for those with the disease, as well as the caregivers of those with Alzheimer's. 
prior to 1980, there was not a whole lot of discussion around Alzheimer's disease. Um, and the Alzheimer's Association really paved a way for some really good conversations um, about Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, they have lots of resources, fundraising, research, um, and they provide more than just fundraising. They have support groups for caregivers and those who have been diagnosed. Um, as many statistics as you could ever want to know, as well as some guides and resources for how to take care of yourself if you've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, family planning, financial and legal planning, knowing what to expect and how to leave your legacy, as well as tips for caregivers and support groups and just so many resources. It's a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the three big things that they that they were wanting us to walk away with was uh, for information, ALZ.org. Mm-hmm. For fundraising, georgiawalk.org, and the helpline phone number is 1-800-272-3900, and that's 24-7, 365 days a year. A trained counselor will be answering your phone calls, and it's for caregivers, families, neighbors that see something unusual, and uh, for any questions you might have. Um, One of the other things that I wanted to mention was just a huge, huge stride um, for the Alzheimer's community is that on June 7th of this year, 2021, the FDA accelerated the approval to a drug called Aduhelm. And according to the Harvard Health Publishing, this is the first drug in 18 years that's been developed for Alzheimer's disease. So for many, many years, there were only four medications and they treated the symptoms. But this is the first that treats and targets the underlying biology of Alzheimer's disease and how it progresses. Obviously, this drug is still ongoing studies and it's not meant for everyone and discuss it with your doctor, of course. But we wanted to share that this drug is really creating a lot of hope and a a lot of progress for medications in the future that may become available for Alzheimer's disease. The, all this research and trial and everything couldn't be done without all the fundraising that's going on to keep this horrible disease right. uh, in, the, in the limelight. So Yeah, and one of the, the big news for today dun, that dun, we're dun, recording dun. is that the Cherokee County Walk is within $250 of their $57,000 goal. Um, and that's a full two months in advance of the actual event that's on October 23rd. Um, so $250 is just minuscule, but they still need your help. And any extra funds over that 57000 is just going to be put to even more amazing use. So if you would like to help the Cherokee Walk meet and exceed their goal, visit georgiawalk.org and visit the Canton, Georgia page to just put a little extra change toward their goal. You got it. And the walk happens on Saturday, October the 23rd at 9 a.m. in Etowah Park. The address for Etowah Park in Canton is 600 Brown Industrial Parkway. The COVID Delta variant is no joke, as Dan and Chris both mentioned. They are doing their best to have a touchless registration at the walk. They're going to use QR codes and things like that. Social distancing is encouraged and should be super easy since this is an enormous park. Yeah, absolutely. Also, on a fun note, Dan and Chris mentioned their favorite restaurant in Cherokee County, and so we wanted to give a little shout out. Old Country Place is located in Hickory Flat. The address is 6764 Hickory Flat Highway. Um, It's located in the Kroger Shopping Center in Hickory Flat. It's kind of on the right-hand corner if you're looking straight at the Kroger. Cool. I'm going to go for lunch there tomorrow. You want to go? Yeah. Let's go. Boom. There we go. Got to try a new place. That's right. Well, thanks, Katie. Is that it? That's it. All right, folks. 
ALZ.org. It's yeah. all you need to know. Yes, they have everything you need. All right, let's get out there and enjoy Cherokee. Do it. Bye. Bye.